Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's ASF Weekly Science Podcast. Today, there are no special interviews. This is just a short podcast in preparation for Labor Day weekend. By the way, there will be no podcast next Monday for Labor Day. But this week, I wanted to highlight some studies which aims to help a group that has been somewhat for the forgotten stepchild of the autism family, the sibling. I know we have talked about siblings before, and that's okay. The more we share information, the less taboo some of these topics are, and the more siblings become proud of what they contribute to their family, while at the same time, when they need it, they're not afraid to ask for help. Having a family dynamic where there is someone, sometimes multiple people in the house with an autism diagnosis, could be wonderful. It can be rewarding and fulfilling and just a lot of fun. But it can also be challenging. So siblings need support too. Siblings of those with autism have reported higher stress levels than others. In fact, they have higher stress levels and anxiety levels compared to those with a sibling with rare genetic disorders, including Down syndrome. It's not a contest. I'm not trying to put it at that. But it does give you a sense that siblings of those with autism don't just walk through life in beautiful, well-fitting shoes. Sometimes they have to trudge through the mud in uncomfortable boots. Given their unique situation and their unique dynamic, should psychological support be tailored? Does a tailored support situation always work? Well, researchers from Boston, specifically those from Massachusetts General Hospital in areas like pediatrics, health promotion, and mind-body medicine, got together and adapted an intervention for siblings of autistic people that focuses on resiliency. During the pandemic, we talked about resiliency, resiliency for everyone. Some autistic people, as we know now, thrived and flourished during the pandemic. They were ultra-resilient. They didn't mind Zoom meetings. They felt more at ease in an isolated situation. Others tanked emotionally and went into mental health crises. Some didn't do any better but survived and stayed kind of like at that same level before the pandemic. Even that could be considered resiliency. So how do we take the skills of resiliency, which are seen in response to family tragedies, natural disasters, and even other major life and world events, to put that in a bottle and help siblings? As an example, how about helping siblings during the pandemic? ASF established a program called Sam Sibs Tip Together as a mini support group. But what about more direct intervention? The intervention I'm going to talk about was based off, off of years of work by the authors on what type of intervention would be feasible, what the lived experience of these siblings were, and where they would need help. And then they got to deploy it during the pandemic. Karen Kulthal, the first author, has been on this podcast before, so I gave her a break. She and her colleagues adapted an intervention based on a model that combines positive psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy, and relaxation responses. The original intervention was called Stress Management and Resilience Training Relaxation Response Resilience Program, or SMART, 3R, to siblings, and they called it SibChat. They did that after consulting with family members to see what the general sense was about what the siblings were dealing with and also with some siblings themselves. For some, during the pandemic, this could mean coming back home to help their parents and having that stressor. For others, it could be managing their own lives when everything was turned upside down. 
The study was conducted at the height of pandemic mayhem between May and November 2020. This was back when everybody was trying to get their siblings not to really hurt each other. Everyone needed something, so I'm glad this was done for siblings. To study it, they used a randomized control trial, which means half the siblings were neurotypical and assigned to immediate intervention group, or they got assigned to a waitlist control group. Many times people are told there's a waitlist for a study, so they had to wait eight weeks to get access to the intervention. On the other hand, the active intervention group got eight weeks of Zoom-related therapy sessions. They included stress management, relaxation, stress awareness, connecting the mind and body, meditation, contemplation, and positive imagery. Now, before you wonder what happened to the waitlist control, everyone eventually got access to the intervention. But the waitlist group did kind of like a wait first, and then they got access to the intervention. That follow-up period started first for the waitlist group. As you can imagine, some people did drop out in the waitlist group, but after everyone got the eight weeks of intervention, they looked at how those in the immediate and delayed group did. And these included measures of things like resiliency, anxiety, depression, distress, worrying, coping, sleep disturbances, and mindfulness. They found the intervention improved scores of stress coping and resilience, as well as worry and mindfulness. Participants liked it, and 80% reported they were still using these skills after they learned that the intervention had ended. The study was too small to make any other huge conclusions about who was most responsive or factors that could have influenced the response. But this SIB chat seems to be helpful to SIBs. And while we hope there's not another pandemic, the lives of siblings and families are often fraught with unexpected stressors, joys, but also challenges that may be unique to them. So if this intervention can be used to prepare siblings to handle life's little bumps, they should be. And that's not the only recent study looking at resiliency. There are genetic markers of resiliency as well. That's for another podcast. I will have one of the world's leading geneticists and his colleagues talking about a biological mechanism for resiliency in those with autism, not their siblings. So why is this whole sibling mental health thing important? Well, of course, on its face, it's important. But there's another layer. It's around sibling bullying, and it's a thing. But not everyone is bullying their sibling. I don't want to give you that impression. Apparently, it's quite prevalent. A recent study looking at data from adolescents in the UK showed that 62% were involved in some sort of sibling bullying in early adolescence. Of these, 59% were both the bully and the victim, 35% were the victim only, and 6% were the bully only. By the way, siblings are and can be bullies, but this is the prevalence in UK in autistic households. The numbers are quite high. What factors contribute? Well, of course, the literature has looked at it, but hasn't necessarily been consistent. Things like birth order, race and ethnicity, and number of siblings have had a role previously. That wasn't necessarily the case in this study, but I will tell you that this study showed that white kids were more likely to be a bully And those who were late diagnosed were more likely to bully their non-autistic siblings. They also found links to different variables, furthering that when you measure these different factors, they're almost always interrelated. For example, they found that autistic adolescents who had higher bullying rates also had lower levels of self-esteem 
And in fact, self-esteem itself may be a protective or resilience factor. Lower self-esteem was linked to higher internalizing, which is depression and anxiety, and externalizing, aggressive factors, and more externalizing, which was like aggression. Self-esteem is important, and at many times, it's at an all-time low during adolescence. Now, while SIBCHAT is not a cure for self-esteem, this bullying study emphasizes that autism affects the entire family, that there are things that can protect or be resilient against certain factors, such as learning stress reduction or doing things to improve self-esteem. I know, I know, all this is easier said than done. And trust me, if I had a magic bullet to improve the self-esteem of every adolescent, regardless of an autism diagnosis, I would. Thank you for listening and have a great Labor Day weekend.